credit they pulled their ass off shout out to the whole city of san francisco that was some san quinn uh big rich on this track too and bob bigger or bob banger excuse me what's good this episode 71 of the puro caballero show this is your host once again, the Masapadan himself, Cholos Charles Barkley, your homie, Mario Caballero. What is good? It is playoff time, as we've been talking about. Would have started it with that Bang Bang Niner gang had I not played it last episode. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the homie Devin's team. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, they're going to the Super Bowl, trying to get number seven, trying to be the franchise with the most Super Bowls in NFL history. That is what's on the line. That's what's at stake for that franchise. First time them going back since they faced the Ravens, what was it, 2012? Haven't won since 94, so it's, it's been a little bit, not super long. Story franchise. Uh, yeah. All the legends on the sideline, all that shit. And then this last game against the Packers. Uh, shout out to them uh, for making it that far. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we touched in. Niners looking impressive the last two games, last two victories. Ended up steamrolling over the both the Vikings and the Packers, which I think matchup-wise was probably uh, pretty good for them because had they uh, have to play a team like the the Saints, I think that might have been a little bit more of a difficult situation. Or the Seahawks, I feel like. Like those two teams potentially could have given them a tough one. But uh, unfortunately for me, we're going to be seeing too much red in the Super Bowl because on the other side in the AFC, the goddamn Kansas City Chiefs. The most explosive offense in the NFL at the moment are just too much to to handle. Oh, my goodness. They were able to withstand and shut down Derrick Henry for the most part. Um, It was all about game planning. They just get you into situations that it's just hard to keep up with. Their offense is so crazy. Mahomes is ridiculous. See, this dude's throwing... Like, passes like a shortstop or second baseman, middle infielder, crazy arm angles, throwing over and through defenders' arms. It's like crazy. All the replays are so insane. The ball, like, zooms by a dude's helmet and by, by a dude's elbow. 
next to his like fingertips, just like right over the top. It's like everything. Just on the money. That dude is a cheat code. Freaking ridiculous what they did the last couple weeks. Uh crazy Titans team. Pulled a couple upsets. Had a chance for Tannehill to make it back to uh, the Miami Dolphins locker room. That's where the Super Bowl is going to be hosted. Uh, unable to do so, though. Came very close. I do earn himself a good amount of money, I would say, from whatever franchise willing to pay him. If it's going to be Tennessee or somebody else. <laughs> and he had a great situation, so I don't know where that might lead. Similar to Case Keenum. Or they they come in, they thrive in a certain scenario. And maybe in other, like, not as adept situations. That might not be a best option. But we'll see. Because he did have his struggles in Miami. And, uh, yeah. Who they have? Jarvis Landry. Hit that dude a lot. And I can't really tell you. Um, yeah, man. Crazy. Super Bowl 54, Chiefs, Niners. It's going to be red all up and down that goddamn stadium. Uh, in Miami. It's going to be crazy. Shout out to Shakita and J-Lo. They'll be at halftime show. So that'll be kind of cool. Uh, I guess apropos for a Miami Super Bowl. I wonder how many songs they're going to do in English versus Spanish. That's my that's my question. Is she going to pull out the Jenny from the Block shit? Uh, J-Lo, she going to go through her old catalog? What's going to happen? Shakira definitely going to play Hips Don't Lie. Wyclef's probably going to show up. Uh, represent Haiti. And what else? What else can, can I envision? When they had the Spongebob, like, Travis Scott crazy little thing. <laughs> and then, like, Big Boy. For, uh, was it, like, last year, two years ago? That was kind of a little much. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of time dedicated to the halftime show. Uh, game might be crazy. Best offense versus best defense playing right now? Man, Richard Sherman getting another pick doing well actually moving around shadowing Devonte a little bit and then uh the chiefs i mean not nah, let me finish the niners the pass rush is looking ridiculous arm says looking crazy making plays bosa just like making highlight plays all over the place that dude's been a revelation I think Devin needs to give him some more credit. His dude's a flash player for sure. But, like, that dude shows out when he needs to. He comes up with, like, plays when the when the team needs him. 30 tackles in the middle. Just, like, freaking humongous. They cover, like, so many gaps well. Plug it up. I've seen them stuff the, the run on the inside so many times. On short yardage situations, they've done very well in that regard. But, uh, yeah. Y'all know pretty much what happened prior to that. 
they uh, they did kind of the same thing against the Vikings, and then they're kind of getting healthy this this time of the season, relatively so. They uh, got Quan Alexander back. He's starting to look a little bit like he did earlier in the season, and the defense is starting to like click exactly like they were earlier too. Like he's the key. Him and D Ford, and yeah, them off the edge, just quick, man. I'm just relentless because they'll just sub dudes in and just continue the pass rush on the defensive, uh, the defensive line side, and they're doing a good job holding up in coverage. Everything's kind of working for that defense, but. My God, that line. John Lynch really did invest a lot into that, like through draft capital the last few years. And it's coming to roost, I guess, right now. Kind of crazy. For a lot of teams in the Super Bowl, uh, recent Super Bowl era, if you can just get that pass rush without necessarily needing to blitz all the time, that's always a huge, huge key, huge factor. If you have depth along the the line, or if you're able to move guys around, be creative, then it just throws offensive lines for loop and throws offenses out of out of sorts. So if you can do those things, that's very impressive. Also, shout out to the Niners' offensive line and the run game, and Raheem Mostert especially. That fool stepped it up after uh, the one major injury that happened it was to Tevin Coleman, starting running back technically. For the Niners, but he hasn't been the feature dude the last few weeks. It's been Raheem, Radio Raheem, on his what seventh team or some shit. Crazy, crazy story. Got like four TDs. I want to say they just pounded the rock. That dude is hitting the holes quick, just up there and bam. And it was everything was working. He was like. Getting seven yards before he was getting touched on a couple runs. That Niner offense was just pure run game. George Kittle was like utilized as a blocker. And that dude was handling. That dude was doing work. <laughs> I was watching him up against the uh, Zadarius uh, Smith. It's like number 55. My goodness. Or is that Preston? I don't even remember. One of the Smiths. One of them dudes. Uh, he was just like one-on-one blocking them for like the majority of the game. I think he only, had, only caught one pass. But that offense was just controlling Green Bay the whole time. Uh, when they played them recently. Just yesterday. Oh, man. Shout to this OG, though. This shit's crazy. Uh, this just got me loaded. Woo! Firing. Coming out the gate. So, yeah, that's Super Bowl 54. L-I-V. Super Bowl Live. Club Live. Uh, Chiefs Niners. A lot of red. Alright. What else? We got some other football news. There's some other shit going on. Besides the playoffs. Um... Oh, first off, 
I didn't really talk about the Chiefs. I mean, I fucking hate this team. I re- I'm really going to root against them. I'm rooting for the Niners. I just got to say that. I just got to put that out there. I have a lot of family members that are Niners fans, and I don't hate the Niners. I just hated some some of the people who were annoying, like the fans. And would just be like shit talk, because it was just always, it, are you Niners or Raiders fans? So I was on the other side of that equation a lot of times. and Motherfuckers be yapping. It's just annoying. But since I kind of moved away from that area, and I just, like, don't really give a fuck as much about that shit. So, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I just don't want to see Kansas City get that that Super Bowl. Some people are going to be rooting for it because it's going to be Andy Reid. Is he going to get that ring? You know, finally, after all these seasons, this is a Mr. Kool-Aid, uh, Kool-Aid guy gonna be able to uh to celebrate what's gonna happen um just against it because of the division all that shit ah that would suck denver's already won some k casey's right there the chargers are still not there though They've come close a couple times. Teams in the 80s were pretty good. Had some good teams in the 90s with Junior Seau. Uh, Lost to the Niners, coincidentally. But yeah, I don't want to see that happen. I think it's 50 years since they last won. It was Hank Stram yelling in those NFL films. Come on, boys. Let's go, boys. We got him. All that shit. Just like LA. That Ru haha. All that that shit. They're like, man, this dude never talked like at all during the season. What the hell's going on? It's like, oh, he's mic'd up. <laughs> he's like the, one of the first coaches uh, that did that shit. This fool's hamming it up. Uh, true story. Yeah, Mahomes is ridiculous, man. Mahomes is a cheat code. They didn't even use Kelsey in this last game that much. Versus the most ridiculous game, the game before. I didn't even fucking talk about this shit. The freaking Houston Texans. How do you score 24 straight points in the first quarter? They're just on fire. And then give up that lead. Not within the game. But within the next quarter. Because KC rolled off 28 straight. I don't know if I've ever seen that big of a turnaround that quickly. It was kind of insane. Houston was just making all the little little uh, errors, giving them, shooting themselves in the foot. It was just repeated after KC started doing that out the gate. It was so quiet there in Arrowhead. You could hear a pin drop. And then I don't know where they just get one. And then I want to say... There was the well. Well, first off, Tyreek Hill muffed a punt, which gave Houston like a, a really easy uh, field goal, uh, not field goal, yardage situation, which they punched in, and then so kicked the field goal. They could have had a chance to go twenty-eight nothing, but they missed like on a third down play, and then the tide turn and they're able to get their offense going 
hitting all their receivers deep. Everybody was just running free. It was crazy. <sighs> Every time they got the, you think you gave Mahomes too. This fool just like does some Houdini shit and just like runs out of the pocket. Crazy man. The fool was like the most mobile. He's a big dude too. So fucking annoying. We almost got the State Farm Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers. And uh Patrick Mahomey. All that shit. Mmm. God damn. Yeah, Sammy Watkins. This fool scores three touchdowns in the first game of the season. Doesn't score one until yesterday. And is back to being like the top four of, of his game. And then it's like Tyree Kill still the fastest like ride receiver in the NFL. On top of uh, Hardman. And I think they have another dude too. It's like ridiculous. All with blazing speed. Every dude is just running past you. Yeah. Mahomes is crazy. And they just do enough on defense, too. Tyron Matthews has been balling out for them. He made a lot of big plays this last week against Tennessee. Their big man, Chris Jones, I believe. Uh, he is back from injury. That dude's uh, a force, pretty much. He's a load to handle and yeah man it's uh it's gonna be a tough matchup for both teams I feel like cause I think it's like strength on strength so I think it might come down to if the Niners offense can score enough and I don't know because Kansas City just takes you out of certain situations because Tennessee was a running team and they weren't able to, you know, play their game in the second half. It was disappointing because as I knew as soon as they went down at halftime, I was like, "Oh, this is a, this is bad luck," because Kansas City always like puts it on. Like you got you got to be out in front and just be able to keep try to keep pace with them. That's how you have to how have to be able to ball. And you got to be able to, like, control the ball, control the clock, put, like, drives together, and, like, force them into some turnovers. So, very tough task. Just even putting pressure on goddamn Mahomes is crazy. And then there's times where he's just sitting back, just, like, has all time. They're only rushing three sometimes. And it, like, doesn't matter, too, because he just pick you apart over, over time. You let him go through his progressions. He's gonna find somebody. It's mm, so annoying. So goddamn annoying. Why do you play in that team? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, we'll talk about it more later. That Houston game was so fucking crazy. 
they just pour it on you. Like, they don't stop. They just keep coming. Crazy. Damian Williams doing enough for them. Sherman, the fullback. Big, beefy motherfucker. Oof. I don't know. I think Niners defense is uh, going to have their handful. We'll see which strength will win. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it more. Anyway, we got some other news in the NFL. Let's just get to that right now. Uh, we had some firings and hirings. Let's just go through kind of that coaching carousel for a little second. So, yeah, right after the season we had Cowboys finally letting go of Garrett, that which took fucking way too long. Pat Shermer got fired from the Giants and good old uh, barbecue grill master Freddie Kitchens himself got let go in Cleveland. What a shocker. So that led to three openings there. And plus the Redskins who had f- uh, fired Gruden in the middle of the season. Jay Gruden. And the Panthers who had let go of Ron Rivera earlier. So Rivera actually flipped around and got hired by the Redskins. That was like one of the quicker hires. So they scooped him up. I was kind of surprised that he decided to go there. Maybe not try to hold out for another job. But McCarthy, uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, ex-coach of the Packers, won a Super Bowl. Is going to be coach of the Cowboys. Which will... We'll see how that goes. You know how Jared goes. How he does business. Uh, We have this other dude from Baylor. um, I forget this fool's first name. This dude, Rule. He's going to coach the Panthers. And the Pats special teams coach, Joe Judge, is going to be the Giants coach. Special teams. That's a... that's an interesting one. The only dude I can remember being successful who was like a special teams judge or coach uh, is John Harbaugh. He was, where was he? Special teams on another uh, organization before he landed that job there with the Ravens. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how things have uh, shaken out to this point so who we still got Cleveland is out of the run or still in the run so they're looking for somebody and yeah we'll see what happens that's the news um I'm disappointed that Freddie Kitchens, good old uh, Freddie Soup Kitchens, is not going to be man in an NFL sideline. That dude had, like, the craziest, like, just what, ah, fuck it, reactions. <laughs> like, the most, like, just shell shock look on the sideline. Just did not know. It was, like, was weighing over his head, but very entertaining. Uh, yeah. 
what else? What else we got? Fucking Kyler Murray. Uh, QB for the Arizona Cardinals was claiming that he said he wanted to play two sports professionally. Thinks he could do it. There's only been a couple dudes who've been able to do it recently. And they weren't able to like complete full seasons, I guess, with the baseball. And uh, that's Dion and Bo Jackson. And that's like some legendary 80s, 90s type shit. But Kyler Murray is like the only dude who's ever been drafted in the first round in both of those sports, which is crazy. That's uh, a testament to how good he played at uh, uh, baseball in Oklahoma. Got drafted by the A's first. And then won the Heisman. Drafted first overall. Actually had a pretty good rookie year. So his mantle is already looking pretty crazy. But considering he's a quarterback and you kind of have to get a feel with your receivers and your team, playbook, you know, with the mini camps, the training on the offseason, all that stuff, that, interfere, that would interfere in theory with uh, baseball season and everything like that. So. That's the one other thing. Like, Bo Jackson's a running back. It's a lot easier to decide to just have him rest and just learn the playbook by, uh, you know, just studying it. Not necessarily needing to take that wear and tear until the season gets going. Because that dude was just such a ridiculous freak. And then Dion too. Dion just using his athleticism. Uh... <laughs> playing that cornerback position. I mean, you let him do what he needs to do. That dude took over half the field. Best to ever do it at that position. That dude was crazy. But Kyler Murray, could he be that next dude, he, that next wave? Mm, I, I can't remember recent memory, guys, coming close. Maybe Jeff Samarja. If he had decided to play football, but he decided baseball because he was the leading wide receiver at Notre Dame. Good ass player, too, but he was also a pitcher. And kudos to him, man. Great pitcher. Did well in the Giants. Um, earned his keep, man. Made a lot of money. Probably less wear and tear. So, there's that. But being a wide receiver is a lot different equation than being the st- one of 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. That is kind of crazy. So, yeah. We'll see if that happens. I hope he tries. I hope there's some team out there that's like, we'll let you just play in the times that you're not... Uh, in training camp or playing for the season. Like, we'll take your contribution 70% of the season or whatever it is. Because that's kind of what would have to happen. A still owes rights, so if he comes plays a few games for the Stockton Ports, man, hey, I might have to go watch a game. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, yeah, 
that's their high A, uh, high single A ball team. It's in Stockton. It's the local team. I might have to go watch. I don't know. I don't know. All right, moving on. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman following the team's defeat to the Tennessee Titans uh, just last week was arrested in Beverly Hills. Uh, He was apparently drunk and was jumping on people's cars and damaging the front, like front ends and grills or whatever it was. Some, uh, it's Beverly Hills. You know, it's some like high end shit. But yeah, this fool was like demolishing some people's property and shit like that and got put in the junk tank pretty much. So, Julian Edelman living it up. Uh, I think he was seen out drunk with Paul Pierce and one other celebrity I don't not remember. Might have been Amendola, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been him. So, them dudes on the Patriots, them white white receivers, them fuckers know how to party. That's what they do. <laughs> They're uh, kind of known to be just going wild. Wes Welker went to the Kentucky Derby on some crazy shit, was apparently fucking rolling off some molly, won a big-ass bet with all his horses, and was passing out $100 bills to like uh, people that were walking by and shit. Just, he was just fucked up. So, bruh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm, so, yeah. Them white boys, yeah. They go they go hard. They'll go hard in the paint. They go hard over the middle of the field, and they go hard in the paint. All right, moving on. Uh, sad to see, I would say, one of the best players at his position of his generation, Luke Keekley of the Carolina Panthers, has decided to call it quits and retire at the ripe old age of 28. A lot of people are uh, commending him for his decision to step away from football and decide to, you know, when no one to, to hang him up. Um, and I kind of agree because this dude, you know, for as hard and dedicated he was to his craft, he knew that to continue to be the best player that that uh, at the level that he was at, it was going to take a lot more pain and sacrifice. And for a lot of people, it's there's only so much that you can get to. That guy just gave pain and punishment, just made all the tackles, all the plays. Collision after collision after collisions. <laughs> and there's an expiration date on that for everybody. And... To I mean, to his credit, he fought through so many different injuries and just consistently tried to to be there uh, on the field. But he did miss a lot of different times uh, for different ailments, and that's just how that sport is at that level, man. It just eats you up. It is a, a meat grinder, man. NFL is pretty pretty ridiculous in that regard. Oh my god. 
freaking crazy, man. All the just go look up all the career highlight plays that Luke Keekley made. Mm, so many. Uh, one of the best Carolina Panthers of all time, I would say. <laughs> He's somebody who I've talked about it a few times. My cousin uh, is a big Panthers fan. He named one of his sons Luke. Partially in honor to that dude, man. He was that good. Captain of the defense, man. So, best of luck to you in retirement. I hope uh, you heal up and all is well. And, yeah, he's able to live an enjoyable life for himself. Because some of these dudes put themselves through it and just, in the end, it just eaten up so I hope all is well for Luke alright moving on another crazy and tumultuous off season for artists formerly known as AB the guy I actually know as Antonio Clown this motherfucker is just going crazy I don't know if you guys saw this. This motherfucker went off on on the, his baby mama and the police. Apparently, they were his mom was going to come pick up his kids that were hanging out with him. She gets to the house. She gets the kids. But then, apparently, he was just... started an IG live video. This is what happened. With his baby mama in the front yard with his children him cursing at him the police outside that he called to the situation he called the police he just starts talking shit telling him to eat eat shit and a bunch of other shit and he starts like bad mouthing his baby mama in front of his children all of this shit while he's recording it on IG live he has some a bag of like gummies shaped like penises. He's literally got a bag of dicks. So he's telling them both to eat bags of dicks and was throwing them at them like there was some freaking crazy sadistic joke, twisted shit. I don't know what the fuck. Like this one was fucking going crazy. Like what the fuck is just shit talking the uh, the cops saying like what the fuck you going to do? Get the fuck off my out my property. Get out of here bum ass cops and shit like that he said some foul ass shit <laughs> and just like acting like a fool they're all looking at him like are you serious putting it out there to the world too like this fool if he thought he could get himself back into the league after this shit he's just I don't know I don't fucking know what a turn of events this motherfucker something is just not sitting right with it I don't know what's going on so yeah that scenario happens the next day so apparently in his part of Florida I cannot remember what city he had donated to a local police like youth football league or something uh 
or to the flag football team of some sort. And with that, he was just using their facilities and all that stuff just to like train and whatnot. Well, he goes in to train the next day and the police academy gave him back his donation and said, you are no longer allowed to step foot on this property. Thank you. Uh, but we will not accept this at this time. And kicked him the fuck out is pretty much what happened. So yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, and then previously to all this shit happening, he released some freaking uh, <laughs> a couple songs and says he's going to put out a, a freaking rap album. What the fuck is going on? He's going to title it No White Woman in 2020. Because his baby mama who he's fucking beefing with, who he put on IG Live, is white. So, shots fired there on that shit. So, this fool is just living like a motherfucking clown right now. Just literally doing the most. The most possible. Yo. Who the fuck? Who the fuck does that shit? Um... Oh, I think in the tire he called him like called her like a fish fish face fuck some shit like that fish face some there was some shit some reference to fish I don't fucking remember so yeah this whole all this shit happening uh, has led to his agent Drew Rosenhaus saying that he's gonna sever ties until he seeks help mental help so it, you know it's pretty bad when your goddamn agent decides the the one dude who makes money off of you says I cannot do this anymore. I cannot put up with this shit. I'm not going to try to get you to no more job. You are not worth it to me. You are too much of a headache. This is the man who represented Terrell Owens. <laughs> Alright. This was the, the famous guy defending T.O. And on all the press conferences. And took all the questions after. So. I mean, Drew Rosenhaus will go tooth and nail to... Uh, his clients, you know, that's his that's his mo. And he's been a hard ass at times, but like when that fool says, "I don't want to work with you no more," you know, some like you're fucking fucked up in the head or some or some shit happened. I don't know. They say Vontez Burfitt gave him that one concussion that, and he's just never been the same again. You know, possibly, I don't know. Uh, who's to say? Uh, are we gonna have like a thirty for thirty on this fool's career? Hopefully not, a la this uh, like Aaron Hernandez documentary. I still gotta watch this shit on Netflix. Ooh, I'll get back to y'all on that shit. Um. Oh, yeah, we're talking about Terrell Owens. Speaking of Terrell Owens, so let me lay out the scenario of how I was watching the Niner game uh, for a chunk uh, yesterday, right? So my family uh, decided to take Martin Luther King weekend and spend some time down in Southern California, as they do from time to time. So my little brother, he was back for the holidays. He stayed uh, for a little bit, but now he's got school at Fullerton, so he rode down with them. 
and then they came down to like Dana Point area, right? So they're chilling out there. We're at like a hotel, and we got some family. My aunt Patty and her family, her lovely, lovely little family. Um, shout out to uh, her husband Harrison. He's he's awesome, and then. Uh, little aunt, baby Andrew and Sophia, uh, awesome little kids. Um, they come up, so we're spending the day with them, right? So we didn't want to be like all up in the hotel room, so we're like, all right, let's go outside. They have a little play area, and there's some people who have a TV in the main lobby, and they're watching the football game. So all right, cool, we'll just chill and uh, peep it from there. So we're sitting watching, right? And <laughs> there's uh, there's like a group of people, and there's like some kids who are like so look like they got some AU jerseys on or whatever. It looks like they're having like a tournament. Like uh, looks like they said, you know, just doing the doing the normal shit. And so we're watching the game, and we're sitting there. And there's a play where one of the I want to say the Niners uh, D tackles D linemen. Might have been Armstead, uh, maybe Buckner. Um, tried to make a diving play on Aaron Rodgers, and they hit him low on the legs, uh, kind of schmidchen area, and his leg got a, like caught up under them a little bit, and that looked kind of, kind of uncomfortable, kind of painful. So uh, I was talking to Harrison, and we're watching it, and I was like, yeah that's kind of like the the play that they like i kind of explained to him why they like that's a penalty and like the history of like why they got it because tom brady had that uh similar play happen to him and he blew out his acl and missed the whole season and so like literally the next season they, they inst- instituted that rule that you couldn't tackle the guy that low like that you got to tackle him uh forcefully like in between like mid thigh area to like his upper chest <laughs> like that's pretty much it and uh you can hit the motherfucker in the arm <laughs> definitely knock the ball loose um but yeah you can't hit that dude in the helmet and you can't tackle him like at the knees that's the idea right to try to protect the quarterbacks and yeah so i was explaining to him that rule and then i told him like yeah there's another rule too that I remember they did the sim something similar, where it was uh, Terrell Owens. Uh, he when he was playing with the Eagles, he caught a pass on the sideline and some dude yanked him from the from the horse collar from the back of his uh, nameplate, like uh, behind his shoulder pads, behind his neck, and he ended up breaking his ankle. I want to say he did something crazy. Uh, it was like a real damaging injury. He ended up missing the rest of the season and then made it back to the Super Bowl. I was like, uh, explaining this to him and say, and he, uh, kind of balled out. Actually had a pretty crazy stat game, had like over a hundred yards pat, uh, receiving off of a fucking broken ankle. Like Jesus Christ. But then I was kind of saying like, yeah, the one other thing I remember from that game is Donovan McNabb had a long ass drive at the end of the game when they had a chance to to tie or win it and he ended up running out of time and was kind of like not as much of in a hurry like as as he should have been 
And I was like, those are the things I kind of remember from that. And as I say that, uh, I turn and look over my shoulder, and I think my dad made a mention of something about like something about something about him, or somebody mentioned it, and I turn over my shoulder. Lo and behold, Donovan McNabb is sitting probably like 15 feet away from our table is right there and i'm like oh shit and i was kind of not speaking softly i guess that motherfucker probably heard me talking that shit i was like oh shit i didn't know that motherfucker was there how what the fuck are the chances like yo i looked over and i was like yeah that's definitely him he was sitting there talking talking with some other uh family uh the other people who were staying there at the hotel and stuff <laughs> and uh i just eventually went up to the to the room and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't make a big deal out of it, <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck, what are the chances, so, yeah, Donovan McNabb was there, I got ran, ran into him randomly, and yeah, apparently he's got an 11-year-old son, and so it's highly possible that uh, son's, uh, son's a hooper, uh, I think McNabb played at Syracuse, if I'm not mistaken, uh actually yeah he played basketball and football there that's pretty crazy speaking of two sports uh athletes so yeah random aside but yeah that shit actually happened that was a long 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 ass story for just me to tell you that i ran into donovan McNabb, freaking uh, former pro bowler for the eagles uh part of one of the hardest bars that i've heard freddie gibbs say uh, he says I'd be slinging rock like I'm quarterbacking for the Eagles. <laughs> says Randall Donovan and Michael. <laughs> oh shit! And then yeah, that's a long that's a long ass verse. But yeah. Uh, anyway, that motherfucker, the big dude, big dude. Yeah, pretty sure it's him. All right. What the fuck else? What we got? Uh, college football. We had the national title game. Uh, I think a week ago now. Yeah. It's Monday. I don't even say what day it is. Just it's fucking Monday the 20th of January. Uh, 1-2020 is what it is. Yeah, man. But on the 13th, LSU uh, kind of beat that ass on Clemson. Beat the brakes off him for a second, man. That was pretty game, pretty good game for the uh, first half, and then LSU took over. LSU had so many players uh, make big time plays. Their receivers were balling out. I think they're going to be high picks. Burrow obviously was just going off. He was going crazy. Number one pick. I think that shit got cemented. I don't think it's a doubt. Um, that dude had a dream season, pretty much. Storybook. That transfers to LSU from Ohio State, where he wasn't getting playing time. Has a pretty decent season, and then just balls the hell out this year. And, man. I, yeah, I don't pay attention to college like that, but, man, those few games I saw of LSU, whoo, boy. So, yeah, they'll have a lot of top picks. Um, some other things that happened. Odell Beckham Jr. was in attendance. 
And I think that fool was feeling himself. That fool was a little saucy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was hitting the bottle. Uh, he's handing out $100 bills to uh, a few players of the LSU Tigers team. Uh, like, you earned this shit. There you go. There you go. There you go. And it got filmed because this fool was like under the confetti as like they were getting like the trophy and shit like that. He was on the field because he was just uh, he had like sideline access because he's OBJ. I mean, come on. Um, one of the most famous alumni. <laughs> so, yeah, this dude, he's in the locker room celebrating with the players. I think they were like smoking cigars uh, to celebrate and police officers came in and told him they couldn't smoke and they had to put him out and he the officer was getting like all up on him and obj was right there and just like slaps the officer on the butt and just looks at him just like kind of like yo like you need to get lost like chill and <laughs> the officer ended up leaving but he's full look pissed as fuck obviously anytime an officer uh, some dude in uniform gets showed up. They always get hella butt hurt. That is just like a fax. Uh, <laughs> like, um, so yeah, that shit kind of happens. And then this dude got an arrest warrant for simple battery because of that incident. But it ended up getting rescinded a few days later. So yeah, that whole ordeal kind of happened. So I was kind of out there. Um, so yeah. Uh, Gil Tigers, uh, go ahead and celebrate there. Um, Ed Orgeron, congrats to you. That dude is like the most Bayou sounding motherfucker of all time. He looks like he is, uh, the joke I made on stage on that day they won was that he kind of looks like the CEO of, uh, uh, a shrimp and a crawfish. Uh, boating enterprise uh, somewhere down in the bayou somewhere there yeah something like that sounds kind of like he smokes 25 packs a day that dude has a chainsaw in his throat it's like ridiculous oh my goodness uh <laughs> yeah I tried the impression and shit. It didn't kind of kick off, but it's all good. It's all good. Anywhoot. Anywoot. Uh, yeah, so shout out to LSU. Y'all deserve that shit. Two really dominant victories, I would say, in the, the playoffs. All right. That's enough for some football talk. Let's talk some hoops, all right? This is my shit. Basketball season heating up, and yeah, I'm watching games again. <laughs> I'm getting into this shit, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some like exciting shit, some news and stuff. But first off, I just gotta start and say, RP to the former commissioner David Stern. We gotta pay our respects for a few moments here, and kind of dive into his legacy a little bit because this dude deserves it. He was a big figurehead in the development of the game for somebody who never played professionally he might be one of the most influential people in the basketball world just in terms of his vision and what he 
was able to accomplish, what he was able to push forward, how he was able to market the game, make it global, and just expand to places that I think even beyond he even consider, would consider were achievable. And it just is demonstrated just completely by how many international players like there are there are on NBA rosters and how crazy crazy good some of these uh, international basketball teams are and stuff like that you know what I'm saying I mean Team USA finished in fucking 5th or 6th this last uh, summer granted they had like a B or C team that shit still sucks though Uh, but in any event Davis Thoyne was like the one of the best commissioners of like any sports friend uh, league. Uh, you know that has come in. Uh, I would say America, the major four professional sporting leagues. Just in terms of what he inherited and where the league eventually grew, because one of the things that was he was lucky about was the fact that. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson came about in the 80s and really blew up the sport from there. Because the the league lacked a lot of uh, cultural significance when he when he, he joined. I think it was like 83. The 83 season was the first year he was commissioner. At that time, the NBA Finals was coming off being tape delayed tape delayed on CBS shown hours later like that's unthinkable today that shit like that would happen that there would not be enough interest for them to nationally televise a game live as it's happening I mean we're keeping to our normal uh, block of scheduling like are you kidding me like what the league had a had a drug problem at the time that he took over. There were a lot of very high profile cases that occurred in the eighties before and during his watch. And for a lot of people, a lot of advertisers, they said the league was too black. That there wasn't enough entertainment value there for a white audience in America. Therefore, why should we invest in you? And with all that knowledge and all that baggage, David Stern, I think, would arguably uh, flip that narrative and help make basketball one of the most popular sports in the world. And that's kind of big, big claims there, but it's I think deserving in terms of those re- those respects. It's all not all his doing, obviously, but his aiding and abetting of that progression definitely should not be understated. I'll say that. You know, he. Had a lot of NBA teams 
play against a lot of the international teams or the 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 club teams in other countries. They have them travel. Obviously, they had the dream team that came about in '92, where they allowed the professionals to come in and play and show everybody up what's uh, what's really good and. It uh, raised the level of the game for everybody. It just made it that much more competitive and had it so kids in Barcelona, kids in, you know, Istanbul, kids in Croatia, kids in, you know, Beijing. Kids in uh, uh, Cameroon, Nigeria, that they can make it. You know, many other places. Germany, Mexico, Puerto Rico, everywhere. Argentina. Some of the best players who've ever done it have come from these countries. China. I mean, Hall of Famers. Serbia, Russia. All-stars. I don't know if that happens. I don't know if uh, that growth necessarily happens in the same way. He got very, very fortunate with the... the... um, the era of Magic versus Bird, Lakers versus Celtics, the growth of Michael Jordan, and then the superstar that kind of came with that. Every team had kind of had that one pillar, that one guy. The Patrick Ewing, the Shaquille O'Neal's. Magic had Penny Hardaway too, so, so it made them so formidable. But... Sean Kemp's and Gary Payton's of the world, the, you know, Lonzo Mornings, all that. John Stockton, Carl Malone's, Charles Barkley's. The list goes on and on. So, yeah, they, uh, he really did his work with that. Obviously, like a lot of people, and a lot of people who have like in the public eye for as long as he was, it's like thirty plus years. You get, the man's gonna make his mistakes. I think for sure he kind of laid down the law in certain areas that I thought was kind of egregious the dress code I thought was much although the players were dressing crazy although the players dress crazy now I heard it was not that that uh that wild of a thing then there's uh the whole thing with Jordan and was he kind of banned for for the NBA from gambling? Was that real? Was that not real? That's a chunk of it. 
There's a lot of fishy shit with the refs, for sure. I gotta say. And that definitely affects me being the Sacramento Kings fan because the conspiracy theorist in me, I think, was birthed the moment I saw that 2002 Western Conference Finals Game 7 where the free throw disparity was fucking ridiculous. And at that moment, I knew Fix was in to get the La La Land Lakers a three-peat. And that shit was kind of annoying to me. Yeah, I don't think the I I don't I don't know if I thought saw the world as being fair from that moment on. I was like, fucked up shit happens for no reason. It felt like <laughs> like I was like, God damn it, why is it like this? Why does it have to be this way? So yeah, definitely had my my own grumblings and frustrations with David J. Stern over the years and how he's kind of employed some of the dirt and certain ref crews as uh, playing to certain preferred outcomes, I would say, in the playoffs in terms of foul calls, free throws, turnovers, things of that nature. Sometimes the rule book is kind of Applied in different manners, in different situations, if you will. And it's like between the fine lines that you kind of see that. Like, that's not something that ne- always is necessarily easy to to kind of point at when you see it. It's always a lot of 50-50 calls. Sometimes it turns into 70-30s. And... You know, sometimes it's easier to, to manipulate if if you have a ref, you know, that's going to be uh, swayed by the crowd and how they react to certain calls. Because there are certain refs that will let crowds kind of, in my mind, dictate a little bit in terms of what to, what to, what to call there. Especially if it's like certain refs with certain superstars, you know. You can do your, your own fucking crackpot research into wish refs I mean another dude gambled one of the refs fucking gambled on NBA games too so that's a black mark on his record I mean another one letting Seattle move to Oklahoma City I think that was ultimately a sad sad scenario and how that played out he tried to lay down the law about the uh, public spending for NBA arenas. He didn't uh, get what he asked for from the city of Seattle. So, Ooh, bless me. Oh my God. Yeah, so he didn't get what he wanted. OKC ponied up. That was pretty much it. At the same time, I gotta give this man credit for saving my favorite basketball team from moving to 
said Seattle, Washington. I'm very glad that did not transpire, and that was one of the last uh, accomplishments he achieved while in the NBA as commissioner. Uh, thank you so very much for that. Uh, eventually, the Maloofs were pressured to sell the team to Vivek Renadive and his conglomerate. And the Kings have a marvelous new arena a few years later. And they're still kind of shit in the bed on the court. So that part hasn't changed. But the team state and it's there. And that worry is not going to move. Or is uh, not going to be there no more. They aren't going to move. That's what I wanted to say. Confusing my goddamn thoughts. It's getting fucking late. So, yeah. Um, in conclusion, he did play a good heel at times. One of the more influential men in the history of the National Basketball Association. Helped revolutionize that game. Helped make all-star weekend thing in you know free agency broadcasting rights leagues were broadcasted everywhere and anywhere brought the game into households worldwide not just around the country league expanded and everyone profited so yeah, I think pretty much a win. Did try to change the basketball to this rubbery type of cheap feeling basketball thing, but that didn't last. Also, why did you have to suspend Amari Stoudemire for leaving the bench that one time? You know. That one could have slid. That one swung the Suns from possibly ever winning a championship. At least for Nash and Amari and Sean Marion. For those teams. Could have let them have one, David. Come on, man. You can't let Robert Ory get away with that shit. That was, that was a bit much, man. That was a bit much. So yeah, RIP to David J. Stern. Thank you for passing down the reins to to Adam Silver, who's done pretty well in his own right. Um, he's had some challenges in the last few years. We'll see how he handles it um, and how they continue to grow. Um, I hope that whole China fiasco doesn't. It's just a speed bump because I don't think it'll. I don't know. It it might have been a little overblown, but it it might still be an impact. We don't know. That's one of those things we'll have to we'll put a pin in. So yeah, David Stern, he did a good job of like passing it on, but some people say maybe stayed too long. I don't know. You can't blame somebody for not wanting to have the reins. Someone as accomplished as him. 
Alright. Alright. Let's get to it. Um, Luca. Donchitz. Speaking of the international talent. Signing with Jordan Brand. I think he might be the first international signee. By the sneaker imprint under Nike. So, congrats to him. We'll see if he ends up getting a, you know, bona fide sneaker sometime in the, in the future. I think Westbrook's the only other dude. Oh, no, Chris Paul and Melo. Those three players have all gotten their own signature sneaker under Jordan Brand. Um, yeah, there's your sneaker news movement. Of the day, I think that's pretty big for him. That's pretty, pretty crazy. Second year, you're already on Team Jordan. Pretty damn impressive. Pretty deserved, I'd say. That dude's just been balling this season. My goodness, putting up like thirty point triple doubles, trolling everything. I'm still very much bitter over the fact that. He didn't come to Sacramento, and the Kings got Bagley. I understand the pick, but I don't know how that's going to stack up in uh, years to come. Need uh, Marvin to keep improving. We'll see. There's still a lot of time. A lot could happen. Um, yeah, moving forward. You guys know Kawhi Leonard. You guys know his Uncle Dennis. You guys know that uh, he's a very big part of his camp. And he was apparently very instrumental in his maneuvering through the free agency and moving from San Antonio and all that. There was a rumor that came out that said that he asked the Lakers for part ownership in the team during negotiations. Now, this is not something that's actually tec technically legal. Um, that's not anything that can be done. Uh, but, yeah, that was a, amongst one of some of the demands that they had over the summer. That just goes to show you they were just fucking around with the Lakers, which is pretty much what a lot of people had surmised, that they were just not... Uh, not real legit contenders. And they were just going to kind of pull the okie doke once they decided to get Paul George up in the thing. So there's that whole scenario and situation. Um, <laughs> I just think that's devilish. <laughs> and I'm very, very not upset. Uh, you guys got Anthony Davis. Chill out, man. Chill the fuck out. All right. All right. I guess speaking of the Lakers, uh, Dwight Howard. I'm gonna tip my hat to him. He's had a resurgence season. He's not been messing around. Is actually, you know, sticking to the game plan, doing what they need him to do, playing defense, rebounding, playing his role, doing all that. I've talked. I've talked a little crap. I've been dismissive of him on this show before. I will cop to it. He's still doing his thing. He's having a resurgence. 
So much so, they asked him to come back to the dunk contest, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's where the dunk contest is. And I guess that's where Dwight Howard is in his career. But who would have saw that coming last season, two years ago, three years ago, when he left Houston? Jesus. So, I don't know who the hell else is going to do it. I know they had to ask Vince Carter to come back, but he's not He's not going to do that shit. <laughs> I think it takes him like two days to get warmed up for a game nowadays. I don't want to see him end his career off an injury on the dunk contest. That would be definitely be in play. So Very surprising. We'll see what happens. Uh, All-Star weekend should be an interesting one. There's a couple of players that are on the bubble and are kind of questionable. There's some good players on bad teams. There's some second fiddles on very good teams, second and third fiddles that might might make it. So it'll be interesting. I know the fan vote is a, a funny, funny thing. Alex Caruso, I know, is like, Super high up on the fan vote. Taco Fall is also super high up there. So Trey Young, I think, is the number two guard in the East. That dude just putting up numbers, but the team is just garbage. And he might make the all-star team. So who's to say? I know the fans is like 50% of the vote. I know some of the players and then the other chunk is the coaches, I want to say, or coaches and writers, something, something like that. Something like that. So, uh. Yeah, that's coming up. That's in February. Uh, Chicago, I think. I want to say Chicago this year. All right. Let's get back to action on the court. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, IT. Having himself a pretty good year playing with uh, the Wizards. Good to see him back and healthy on the court. This dude got ejected, though. He walked up into the stands to confront a fan. But it's not no mouse in the palace. It's not so crazy shit. He quite literally just walked up into the stands and just to talk to the guy and just be like, yo, you need to chill. Hold on. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Some dude was like berating somebody. I can't remember what he was saying, but he literally walked up there. And <laughs> like the dude's 5'8". Some people were like, was this little short dude moving up over here? Um, the guy he talked to probably was taller than him. That's how crazy it is. But, yeah, just calmly walked up, and then the ref was like, all right, well, I guess I have to eject you. And I think it happened, like, super quick early into the game, too. So, I understand. It's like another letter of the law thing where it's like nothing really happened, but just different scenarios for how that things things like that could go. Most of them are bad, or can be bad. Um, so that was kind of a weird thing to see. I cannot remember another player coming up in the stands since Malice of the Palace. That's been like the biggest no-no uh, for a little bit. So, mm. Yeah, just thought that was funny. All right, moving forward. Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren got heated last week. They got fucking into it. 
so Heat and Pacers playing, setting the scene. Uh, both players are matched up against each other, and both dudes are just, like, going at it, right? Jimmy Butler being his, like, hard-nosed-ass self is just fucking giving to, to TJ, right? He's yelling at him. You're fucking trash. Uh, <laughs> then no, first, first back. They were like, they had some hard fouls. I think Warren had shoved Butler at one point. Uh, Butler <laughs> comes up, puts his chest at him. Kind of like that thing where you, you don't know if he's going to come back with a, uh, a punch over the top. But he just kind of, it's NBA. So he's just posturing. So for the most part. Comes up at him, yells that you're fucking trash. One comes back after he's being separated, saying, I'll bust your head, I'll bust your head. Uh, and then, the, yeah, they both get texts. They get separated. The play continues. Fast forward later in the game, right? Jimmy Butler ends up committing an offensive foul. Was just like, has the balls, like swinging them around, and like puts his chest right into his chest, knocks him over. They call the offensive foul, and Warren. Starts clapping in his face as he's walking uh, back to offense onto the other side of the, of the court. Uh, ref gives him the second technical of the game at that moment for clapping in his face. And Jimmy Butler starts blowing him kisses and waving him goodbye. Uh, <laughs> like blowing him kisses and shit like that as he's like leaving the arena. Uh, so yeah, shit got heated. They asked him after the game what his thoughts were. He says, he's soft, uh, Jimmy was saying. He said, he's not even on my fucking league. If I was their coach, I would never put him on me ever again. <laughs> and then he goes on to Instagram, takes a screenshot of the, the schedule with the, the next game against the Pacers, circles that shit, and, yeah, says that he's coming for his neck pretty much. So, yeah, NBA beef, man. We got some. We'll see if that, you know, leads to anything. These teams may be playing the playoffs, maybe 4-5 or five matchup or something. Who knows? Who knows? Could happen. Heat have been playing very well for themselves. Uh, really wish they would have lost today, goddammit. Playing my Sacramento Kings on MLK Day. And fucking Kings blew that game. So frustrating. Went to overtime. They didn't even have Jimmy. They probably would have whipped him if they had Jimmy. I was like, this is Sacramento's chance to fucking get to steal a victory over here on the road. And Nah, man. Can't enjoy South Beach, man. Cannot enjoy South Beach. That is uh, worth a few victories for that team every season, I feel like. All right, speaking of NBA beef, two former teammates, Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant, were going off on it on Twitter against each other. Shit was getting a little real. I ain't gonna lie. The whole argument came about when they were saying or discussing. Uh, Kendrick was, was saying some stuff. I'm going ESPN to talk about how Russell Westbrook is the greatest Thunder player of all time in franchise history. And people were like coming back at him because, you know, that's like a loaded ass statement. Because. Uh, <laughs> KD, it's like, yo, what the fuck's going on? So, they started mentioning KD so much, that dude popped up and started joining the conversation. 
saying that, man, you're a bum-ass. Like, you averaged, like, two points and three rebounds or whatever in the finals. Like, bro, what the fuck you mean? And <laughs> Kendrick was saying, yeah, you know, I just, uh, his point was that KD pulled the, the bitch move. He kept calling him soft. Like, you didn't pull it. You don't, you don't think you really won a championship. Like, he was coming after him. And was saying that when you left, you gave the you left the door open, and Russ kind of took it and ran with it, and kind of took the team over after that full pretty much abandoned ship. Joined the not just abandoned ship, but joined the team that beat him as they were up three games to one, and the team that was already loaded prior. And had once beat, literally beat the record for most wins in a season. Came one game away from winning the finals. And they just retool and get like one of the best players in the league. It's like, what in the fuck? Still, one of the most monumentous decisions in NBA, NBA history, I'd say. So yeah, they really went at it on Twitter. And... I don't think both dudes lied, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, KD was really calling out Perk, saying that he was freaking trash and that he needed to work on his game. He says, you might be right, but this is what happened. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's one of those situations both people could be right. You know, that does happen. All right. We talk about fan player interaction prior. Another fan in Boston got arrested after throwing a beer can on the court following the ejection for Kemba Walker, which, mind you, was the first time that this dude got tossed from a game in his career. There was a hard screen, ended up being a no call. He sold it a lot. I'm not going to lie on the replays. He sold it quite a bit. But he starts bitching at the ref and then gets tossed in the beer uh, can can of beer gets thrown up on the court. Fan got tossed and arrested. Threw it like right over the huddle during a timeout. So yeah, they caught it. There's hella TVs or hella hella cameras. They're able to find it. So yeah, that should happen. Let's see what else. Oh yeah, Cavs coach uh, John Beeline, former head coach of West Virginia. First year coaching NBA players had to apologize to the team uh, for apparently calling them thugs in a team meeting or like at a practice. He said that he had said that inadvertently. He didn't mean it. What he mean to say is he meant to call them slugs as if they were slow. And so this fool had to play the, um, the, you know, the whole apology tour thing. Says he had a heart to heart with the team and said he was sorry for the, the language. Apparently some of the players on the team, when he said it, kind of like perked up or like, well, what the fuck? So... Yeah, not too promising there for Cavs fans. I know it's been a struggle of a season. It's like looking like they're going to might ship off some of their pieces. 
but yeah are they thugs are they slugs i don't know probably slugs freaking looking at their record on defense hey who probably not too far off so get your vocab right son be careful all right let's talk about my sacramento kings (sighs) turmoil this team's leading the league in one possession losses three points or less with eight it is frustrating they've been dropping so many damn games recently that it's just been so close they've had they get they get in bad deficits that they crawl out their way out of but they run out of gas at the end and it's i've seen that that script play out time and time and time again it's been so damn frustrating the rotations have been kind of all over the place. Walton needs to get them to keep pushing the pace, man, and get it, get it going. You need to get De'Aaron Fox out in transition. Bogey out in transition. Buddy healed. He needs to rein in Buddy's, you know, free, uh, free reign to just throw up any shot he wants to, man. This dude is just throwing up contested jumpers. Ah, oh, crazy. All right. It's yeah, like I said, the rotations have been all over the place. Some guys won't play for a few weeks and then they'll play like two weeks in a row and then they won't play again for a while. Like Harry Giles is like starting but not playing a lot of minutes, but then he's like there and he's like not and then Bagley's been hurt, mind you, Fox has been hurt, Bogey's been hurt. You know, guys have been in and out of the lineups, but Neminya missed some time. Something. I don't know, man. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, Rashawn Holmes is out right now. So Bagley's been starting at the five. and Still kind of light for being a big man down there. But... Oof, I don't know, man. Mm. Another center they got this offseason, Dwayne Dedman. Hasn't really been paying, uh, playing. A couple weeks back, he actually demanded a trade. It was pretty open about it. It was pretty public. Just said, yeah, um, I'm not playing too much. I feel like I could be a useful piece on another team. I'd like to be traded. And the NBA slapped a $50,000 fine for that. Same thing they gave to Anthony Davis last season after he said he was trying to dip from the Pelicans pretty much. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, The other thing, too, Kings just made a move yesterday. They traded Trevor Reza, Caleb Swanigan, and Wendy Gabriel to um, Portland for Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two second-round picks. So it was a salary dump there for... uh, the Blazers, they get into the cap. They save themselves a lot of money. Kings got Bazemore. We'll see what he can do. Uh, man, they've been frustrating. Frustrating to watch as of late. They make so many good splash plays, but so many dumb mistakes. Uh, 
it's very head scratching at times. It's like, God damn it. Just these little things. Little small things. I don't know what to say. All right. Let's move on from sack. They're kind of falling down the standings, and it's been it's been a struggle to watch them from as of late. All right. Speaking of struggles, Kyrie Irving, what are you doing with your career, man? What are you doing with your life? What is going on? Why are you so difficult? His team's record this year with the Nets, like with him and versus without him, has been ooh. Pretty, pretty apparent. There's a lot of different. Uh, mm, 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 mm. A lot of shit going on there. He basically threw half his team under the bus the other day, following the loss to the, to the Sixers. Man, he was naming. He was saying that like, yeah, we're clearly a couple pieces away. We have a couple good guys. He named like three or four people, but then didn't name a couple. Didn't name Joe Harris and didn't name, uh, uh, what's his name with the afro? Uh, Jarrett, Jarrett, no, um, fuck. Yeah, Jarrett Allen, that's his full name. Uh, yeah. Kind of throwing him under the bus, threw, threw half the team under the bus. Basically said we need to get rid of some of y'all motherfuckers. And so, that didn't sit over too well. Mm-mm. So he had to clear up his comments. <laughs> and then said, man, it's not like I'm an asshole. What? That's not for you to determine. It's not for you to say, bruh. You'd be doing some asshole type shit, dog. If you ain't no asshole, you'd be you'd be up against up against the border. You've been a habitual line stepper. I don't know what this is, what's this dude's problem, man. People can't play well with him, or he can't play well with other other players. It's, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know. This dude is just blowing up nucleuses left and right. Couldn't play with LeBron. Couldn't play with Tatum and Brown and Horford. Can't play with Dan Whitty, Lavert, Allen, Harris. I don't know. I mean, the. If KD doesn't go there, does do they get Kyrie? Do they want to get Kyrie? It's kind of that package deal, I guess. But... I don't know. Don't know what it is. Let's see here. That's about it for the NBA talk, man. Uh, shout out to Dame Lillard putting up 61 points tonight. Franchise high for the Trailblazers. That's a fuck ton of points. It's new NBA. So many of these records just getting demolished, man. 
These guys are just like scoring. I don't know. Since maybe the running gun 80s, maybe. There's been some happy offensive eras in the NBA, and goddamn, I think we're in one of them right now. Mm. I don't know. It's kind of it's taking some getting used to. It's just so much up and down, so much. There's bad stretches at times. Defensive end, fouling, all that. A lot of mistakes. I don't know. This is kind of me bitching. What are you going to do? All right, we'll move on. A little college basketball. The only thing I wanted to say, probably the projected number one overall pick, seven-footer James Wiseman, ended his college career a few weeks back. I think he only played like 11 games. He originally had to be. He was suspended by the NCAA because he received $11,500, allegedly, from his head coach, Penny Hardaway, to help his move his, uh, his family from Nashville to Memphis because he's going to the University of Memphis. That's a no-no. You can't do anything for anybody and be an eligible college athlete. And it's just like, is this the state of college sports that we're in? Even the players who, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. There's... I was gonna say, nah, it's, mm, I don't know. It's, it's a it's a messed up system. It's NBA players, it's future NBA players are just playing one one and done seasons. Everyone's just moving forward, doing whatever the fuck they want to. <sighs> College basketball product is just so frustrating to watch in comparison. It's uh, sloppy. It's choppy, low scoring. A lot of whistles, a lot of plays. A lot of sets being run. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's something that can be fixed. I think it's doable. It's, it's about the ponying up, man. That sponsorship money, man. There's a way to do it. There's a way to figure it out. And by no means, I don't think any system is perfect, but, man, I mean, $11,500 for, like, the amount of revenue that that is going to bring in. And that's just to help relocate, too. I've heard of people doing good Samaritan things worth more than that. And I mean, it's like a somewhat of a business exchange too because it's not, I mean, he's, they're all capitalizing on that dude's talents. But I mean, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know, man. All right, let's go. Little, little off, uh, more off-season baseball news. I gotta say, R.I.P. to 
Don Larson, former pitcher, is the only player ever to pitch a perfect game in the World Series in the history of baseball, which happened in 1956 for the Yankees. Played on a few different teams, so RP to him. That's some legendary-ass stuff, man. Perfect game. In the World Series. That is freaking insane. So, let's see. Super agent Scott Boris, who coincidentally is repping Kyler Murray before he decided to go to football. This dude is like on a tear. He has negotiated more than $1 billion in salary for his clients just this winter in this offseason. Think about that shit. One billion dollars for you clients. That's a shit ton of money. It's a ton of hundred million dollar deals, fifty million dollar deals, etc. My goodness, a billy! Oh my god, that's how much money is going around baseball right now. Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, if anybody decides to do baseball over football, I don't blame them one bit. Oh my god, that salary. Them salaries, no salary cap. It's like baseball players and soccer players. You can hit it big, big as fuck, if you balling. So, lesson to be learned. Try good at those sports. Um, all right. Yoenis Cespedes, uh, the outfielder for the Mets. He had an ankle injury last season that uh, was done away from the team. There was a lot of questions about how exactly he did injure himself. Well, apparently, this dude owns himself a big old ranch down in Florida. And there was a wild boar that got released from a trap. And it caused him to chase after said boar. At the same time, he stepped in a hole in his yard. And he severely injured his ankle. Believe he tore some ligaments. That could cost him the estimate of $23.5 million for 2020. Because the Mets called bullshit. And eventually they renegotiate his his salary. Wow. So yeah. That's some like real life ass shit. That's some like you can't make this shit up shit. Like what? And apparently there was people who were there. Who confirmed the story. Who were with them. So yeah. Get somebody else to take care of your wild boars. If you're rehabbing in your off-season ranch. I know there might never be a person who listens to this podcast who is in that position. But if you are, now you know. Don't do that shit. Cost you some fucking dough. $23 million. God damn it. Whew, sucks to suck. Um... Yeah, let's see. 
Alright, yeah, the story of the offseason, I gotta say, for the world of baseball, has definitely come down on the Houston Astros for these allegations that have come forward about their manipulative sign-stealing scheme that was um, unearthed or brought forth by current Oakland A's pitcher Mike Fires. Now, he came out and basically said and explained how the manager was complicit. It was former bench coach Alex Cora and former veteran player Carlos Beltran who were the heads of the operation. Now, both those figures became managers recently. Cora led the 2018 Red Sox to the World Series. And Beltran just got hired by the Mets this offseason. Both those dudes just got let go from their teams. Along with Astros, uh, uh, AJ Hinch and uh, their GM Ludlow. Both guys got suspended for a year, so no Hinch and no Lundloaf in baseball. Astros lost their first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021. In addition, they were fined $5 million. So the scheme kind of went like this, right? Apparently, they had cameras from the uh, looking into the catcher signals, and they had a feed running to a camera or TVs that were right there, up there in the dugout, in the walkout area, um, in the tunnel. So players would walk over there and just look at the, the signs, and they would try to figure it out. And any time that they suspected that there was going to be like an off-speed pitch or a breaking pitch, they'd take their bat and they would bang it up on the roof of the dugout, boom, 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 like that. And so it would kind of key in the hitter in terms of what was coming at at them. And so there was a lot of allegations that they pulled this off during the playoffs. They were trying that. I kind of do remember some banging noises and stuff like that. During the playoff games a few years back, uh, they... Apparently, we're scheming in other ways, too. Now, there's allegations that they might have had some wearable devices that had, like, a little buzzer on their shoulder. So, it would give them a little shock whenever a certain pitch was coming. There's been some images that have come out of Jose Atuve possibly wearing something. He hit a walk-off home run. Uh, for the Astros out uh, 2018 I want to say as he's rounding third base he's yelling to his teammates not to take his shirt off kind of suspicious kind of suspicious there considering that like that hasn't been an issue in other times in the past 
I think his excuse for the post-game interview was that he's just shy and didn't want to do that. But I don't fucking know, man. I don't fucking know. So, there's some ripple effects there. As I mentioned, Alex Cora went to the Red Sox 2018. They're investigating to see if they possibly stole some signs too and or used electronic devices to help steal signs. I know they had the thing. They had the Apple Watches. Um, they apparently had replay rooms near the Fenway dugout as well. We're doing the kind of the same scheme, so they're investigating that right now. And yeah, let me see what else. What else? The stats in those playoff runs for the home and the road are not too kind. Uh for the Astros on the road, and it's very, very kind for them at home. So, I mean, it's not looking good. Not looking good for them. What's the fallout, though? Are they going to get stripped of any championships? Does it go that far? I know the Dodgers and their fans, they're really pissed off. That's too potential championships that they could have won once against Houston and one against the Red Sox that's possibly tainted. So I saw that there was like some city council member from Los Angeles that put up some petition for them to get some rings, but like Yeah, it's not that part. They're not gonna go that far ever. At the same time, I mean there's a lot of what ifs. There's a lot of history that was written and some legacies that were kind of, you know, cemented or kind of put in place there as a result of those World Series. I mean, one guy for, uh, who's forever brandished as a guy who couldn't get it, can't get it done right now is you Darvish. He had himself a very difficult time in Houston. Had a couple bad games there. And then, most of all, Clayton Kershaw. I mean, that's his legacy, man. One of the best pitchers of his generation. Hasn't been able to get that ring, get it done. So, it's a lot of what-ifs, a lot of ripple effects, and it's it's a sad, sad thing. I haven't discussed this with my family, my dad in particular, I'm real pissed off at all that because A's and Astros are in the same division and they have that competition. So, Whew. yeah, a lot of ripple effects, man. Maybe the A's could have won some divisions during the regular season. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of shit happened. All right, that's the baseball talk. That's uh, some crazy shit, man. Cheating scandals, man. What is this? The freaking Black Sox, nineteen nineteen. There's been a lot of people who've come out and said that they'd rather have somebody who was on steroids than have somebody who knows what pitches are coming. Which is kind of true. I mean, he's just gonna hit. If you can't hit it, don't matter how hard you can swing. But if you can't hit it, sometimes it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, moving forward. 
All right, a little hockey news. Uh, Jeremy Roenick, former NHL superstar, got suspended by NBC, his current employer, because he suggested that he tried to have a threesome with one of his coworkers and his wife. His on-air coworker, Catherine Tappen. Apparently, he had insinuated that to her, and he got suspended. So... Yeah, I don't think that's too out there because Ronick is a character in his own right. That dude is uh, quite a handful, I'd say. He's a bit of a personality, which makes him a good commentator at times. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a little over the line there with uh, your coworker, though. It's a little, little creepy there trying to to do all that shit i mean yeah i don't know i don't know what his wife thinks about that shit either too so i mean but jeremy ron is gonna say whatever the fuck jeremy want want to say so we'll see we'll see when he comes back to nbc and all that shit one place i would have liked to have seen this covered by would be deadspin but y'all know that shit is done so don't know where that integrity lies no more chasing that dollar all right let's talk about some football and some ufc and we'll close it out no be it y'all heard enough of my voice just close this shit out uh and antonio antoine rudiger for chelsea Apparently got racially abused at Tottenham Stadium against the Spurs. Spurs, I think, did an investigation. They said they didn't find any evidence of it. So now becomes he said, she said thing. Another example of a racial incident in European football. It's like this shit happens every fucking episode. You listen to this shit. This shit's crazy. I'm just reporting what I'm reading. So... Yeah, like I said, now it's been disputed back and forth. Sad to see, regardless. All right, there's been some transfers. It's the January transfer window. A couple big names have moved. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, now at AC Milan. Bagging goals for them. See how he scored a header the other day. Doing his damn thing. So he's back in Italy, no longer the MLS. Um, glad to say I got to see him play with LA Galaxy. That was cool. Uh, didn't get to see him score. That would, would have been nice, but beggars can't be choosers. All right. So, yeah, 38 years old. Still doing it. Shout out to him. All right. EPL is pretty much all said and done at this point. Man City, they've been slipping up. Lost to Wolves a few weeks back. Liverpool's just way up on the lead with them. Let's just see what it was. When I wrote this down, they were 14 points up. I think they're even more points up now. Uh, Let's look at the table. 
Let's look at the table. Yeah, they are still 14 points. Nope. Wait a minute. 16. 64 to 48. That's 16 points away. God damn it. Liverpool's just been marching on. They're on a crazy spree. So, yeah, so far this season, 48 points for Man City in second, 45 for Leicester in third, Chelsea sitting at fourth and 39, Man U and Wolves with 34 points each. I'm in for Wolves. Adam Atriore is finally balling out. That fool looks like a beast out there. Rolyman is doing his thing. Neves doing his thing too. They got some pieces. So I'm rooting for Wolves. Let's try to sneak in that four. But yeah, Liverpool, my goodness. What a juggernaut. That match that they just had against Man U just yesterday was pretty crazy too. Virgil van Dijk with the towering header. And Mo Salah right at the end. In the game's dying minutes. Just closing it off with the bag and a goal. Pulling off his shirt. All that shit. Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. It's wrapped up, man. EPL. We'll see who makes the Champions League spots and all that shit. All right, moving forward. Uh, American International, Sergino Dest, had to leave Ajax's training camp that was in Qatar after the attack on Iran due to security concerns. Having an American International in Middle Eastern territories. Probably not the smartest thing to do. So that flew, flew back to uh, to the Netherlands. Yeah, that's how crazy politics can be sometimes. Uh, it was just a training camp. A lot of these Middle Eastern countries are, are paying top dollars to have these international tournaments or training camps for these top-notch clubs. So... That's something that started to happen as of late in recent years. So, Yeah, that comes with some extra security concerns, most definitely. All right, some more transfer news, though. Transfer news involving the LA Galaxy. I should have just start. I should have led with this one. Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer, Javier Chicharito Hernandez is coming to MLS. He is coming to the Galaxy to be the highest paid player in MLS history. This dude is going to move jerseys. He is the god for all the Mexican fans out there. He's been the poster boy for this whole generation of of, uh, Mexican football. Um, And he's done his thing. He has showed out. He's played on some of the biggest clubs in the world. Manchester United, Real Madrid, 
uh, played in Germany by Leverkusen, came back, uh, was over at West Ham in England, and then as of recently was on Valencia. He comes to the Galaxy now. And we'll see how he produces, man. Gets to be the lead guy. This is a league that's competition level is a little less than what he was used to maybe in Europe. I think he was hesitant to kind of make that move. This has always been the rumor for the last few years that this is going to be the place where he kind of ends it. I saw Carlos Vela had some words saying that he's not going to be the top goal scorer. Chicharito, uh, that he will be like Vela, Carlos said he's going to have more goals than Chicharito. That's what he said basically. So, some excitement in MLS football this season? Should I get a couple jerseys? I don't know. I kind of want to get the Vela one. I don't have to get a Chicharito. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's get to some fight news. Wilder Fury 2 finally set. For next month, February 22nd, at MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Let's fucking go. Can this dude rise from the dead again? Can Deontay blast this fool off into Mars? Like he just knocks out every dude that steps into the ring. He's literally knocked out every single opponent he's faced. The one time he didn't get a knockout, he got a victory by decision. He rematched him. He knocked the dude in the fuck out. That's fucking crazy. Fury's the only other guy who hasn't completely KO'd from the ring. He's knocked every dude down at least once in a fight. That is fucking commendable. That is ridiculous. That dude's got Thor's hammer in his fist. Insane. That's going to be an entertaining one. Wilder's got some questions in terms of or excuse me, Fury's got some questions in terms of what's he going to do with his camp. He's let go of his trainer, the one who helped get him get back into the, the fight game. Because he did not have a good outing his last fight last summer. So we'll see what happens. This is going to be an interesting one too because it's been a combined ESPN and Fox promotion. Because uh, uh, Fury... Is signed to an exclusive ESPN deal, and Wilder has had uh, what is it? It's like PBC, um, Primetime Boxing Championships. I want to say this is a promotion that he's been with. They've done a lot of stuff on Showtime, so it's going to be combined pay per view. I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm not going to work it her, but um, yeah, may watch it. Bar, probably not gonna do do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So, I've been seeing him around, doing a lot of interviews, talking the normal nonsense. I'm excited. We got a about a month left to go before we get that fight. Ooh, that's gonna be a juicy one. That's gonna be a good one. All right. UFC news. We got. A crazy matchup set at USC 245 in Vegas in March on the 7th. Israel Adesanya is going to be taking on Yoel Romero. 
soldier of God. Uh, I love you, Yo Romero. That guy. That dude who's a genetic freak. It's like, says he's in his late 30s, but who the fuck knows? Because he's, those Cuban dudes with their birth certificate, those so all over the place. Who the hell knows how really uh, old he is? So Yoel, coming off a couple devastating losses. But uh, Paulo Costa, he's not healthy. He lost to him the last time they fought. Very, very close fight. Yoel took a tough decision loss also from Robert Whitaker. And then lost to Whitaker prior to that too. So kind of crazy that he's getting a title shot against Izzy Adesanya. But Izzy wants to fight somebody. And some people said, hey, this is not a dude to mess with. So I think Israel wants to... He's a dude willing to go to the test, man. So this is Yoel's chance at a title. It's just... Uh, it's kind of crazy who and when and the timing of who gets a belt and all that stuff. And This could be an interesting one. Or it could just be a footnote. Could be one or the other. Who really knows? Uh, so yeah, UFC... They got themselves a good docket. We got Tony Khabib coming up in a few months. Knock on wood. That thing goes to plan. And we had a juicy matchup just this last Saturday. It was a return of the Irishman. Conor McGregor. The notorious one. Getting a knockout in 40 seconds. Over Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Kind of surprising in terms of how it actually happened. They kind of exchanged a little bit. Got into a clinch early on. McGregor came with the level change. Came and popped his shoulder right in Donald's face. Like three times as they were clinched up together. Something. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody use that as like a legit ass technique. You know what I mean? And popped him, stunned him. Donald tries to kick at uh, McGregor. McGregor pops him with a leg kick to the face. And at that point, he's like, oh, shit. Things aren't good. He swarms him, gets him to the ground, starts ground and pounding. They call the fight 40 seconds in. And it was like, holy shit. That all happened quick, man. That shit happened so quick, the freaking stream went down for a second and refreshed it. Freaking missed it live, man. Damn. So, yeah. Now he's back in the win column. Now it's all the talk of who he's going to fight next. Is it going to be Jorge Masvidal? Will he give him a title shot against Kamaru Usman? I heard him call out Nate Diaz again. So, Yeah. Fighters, make your plea. Is your chance for that money bout. This guy's there. Uh, talks about Khabib Part 2. I don't want to see that shit. Possibly in the future. Not right now. There's a lot of other entertaining matchups that uh, could benefit himself, the general public, his legacy. There's no need to stomp that shit out. Again, man, like, let this shit build some more.
so yeah, this dude looked pretty good. Fought at 170, but we'll see what happens against tougher competition. Cowboys no slouch by any means, but I was kind of surprised at how how quick he got taken apart there, man. It's like, oh my god. Hmm. Yeah, wish nothing but, but the best. Speedy recovery for Cowboy. He'll probably fight in a few months, knowing his ass. I don't know where that leaves him in his career. I just a salty, salty veteran. That salty record too. It's a tough sport, man. Tough sport. All right. One more thing, and then we'll lead into. The next show, we'll get into some, some more world headlines. But just want to say, Iran's only Olympic medalist from their last Olympics in 2016 ended up defecting the country. Following, once again, the craziness that has ensued following the U.S.'s attack on uh, this Soleimani guy. Um, and the response by Iran... There any uh, government following that, which included the admission that they shot down a plane that was headed to Ukraine from uh, uh, from Iran. It's had 57 Persian Canadian, Iranian Canadian uh, members on board, or 57 Canadians on board. Most of them were dual citizens. So, it's kind of crazy. The one thing how to kind of explain, uh, it bled into the world of sports a little bit there. This uh, medalist was in Taekwondo, female Taekwondo, so she decided to leave the country there. Kind of fucking crazy, man. Um, let's see. Uh, Olympic... Defect. Let's see. Yep, only female with uh, medalist. Camilla Alizade. Yeah. She won bronze in twi- Taekwondo. She's defected because of, of hypocrisy, lies, injustice, and flattery. She says she has been used as a tool. Yeah, a lot of athletes get used for political reasoning. In uh, certain countries like that, it's sad. Not just the countries like that. I mean, the big countries have done that shit. America, I mean, we've done that shit a bunch of times in the Olympics. Russia's done it. That whole doping thing. They use it as an impetus to attack Ukraine. Annex Crimea. All that stuff. Oh. Damn. 176 people on board of that plane that they shot down. Mm, they admitted to it. First off, they covered it up and said it wasn't. And then they admitted to it. Yeah, they're, they're General Soleimani. We'll get into the, the political shit about that on the next episode. But goddamn, it's just a crazy, crazy world we live in. So yeah, there's your freaking sports catch up. 
for the week. Super Bowl set. Now you can buy the dip. You can get all the beer. Get your plans ready for a few weeks. Get one more week. Chill out. Pretend that you watch the Pro Bowl. Or don't, because nobody gives a shit. Nobody's going to fucking call you out on that shit. Who gives a shit? It's a fucking Pro Bowl. Nobody gives a fuck. Uh, what you should do, though, is definitely come out to my comedy shows next week. I got three of them coming up in downtown L.A. You probably heard me ad nauseum on the last episode. Sunday the 26th at Redline. Uh, Redline Bar downtown. That was 9.30. Tuesday at the Bang Bang Room at 8. And Wednesday at the King Eddie at 9.30. So yeah, check out my IG for more information. At Puro Caballero. P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. For you green ghosts. That's how you do it. Alright. I'll post more information there as we get closer. Um, yeah, I'll also be going to that Felipe Esparza show on that Monday. And I'm going to the Kings Clippers game. Hmm. I think I have one more ticket. Hmm. If you're hearing this, hit me up. If you're trying to go, no bullshit. I don't know who to go with. Kings Clippers, Staples Center. I'm trying to watch Kawhi. I'm trying to watch Paul George. I'm trying to watch my Kings play. I'm trying to watch Fox and Bagley do the thing. See Buddy and Bowie hit some triples. You know, the usual. So, yeah. I got myself a quite a interesting next week, even though there's no football. And then Super Sunday on February 2nd. That'll be a good one. I gotta practice some more of my comedy shit this weekend. Took this Monday off to record this goddamn podcast. Which, by the way, you can follow along on Twitter at the Puro Caballero Show. My link tree is in the account. I fixed that. It's in both my both those IGs that I just tagged. Which will send you to follow along. Uh, this podcast, which you can find on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the above. Listen, follow, subscribe, comment, rate, review, do whatever. Or don't. I don't give a shit. This is my therapy. This is what it is. This is how we do it. Just got to put thoughts out there. Otherwise, my fucking ass goes off the deep end. Anyway, yeah, that's it. That's about it. We'll finish it off. I'm going to... This is going to pain me. I couldn't think of no other shit to do. So, we're going to shout out Tech Nine. We'll give him... We'll give him... We'll give his team some love. This team is fucking scary. Super Bowl 54. Chiefs. And Niners in Miami on February 2nd. Super Bowl Sunday coming up a little under two weeks. All right. A lot of people will be seeing red. That's how we do it. All right.
is going to be Tech 9 with his anthem. This one's called Red Kingdom. All right. As much as it hates me, we'll give love to KC. All right. That's the show. Episode 71 of the Puro Cabrillo Show. Later. Yee.